Welcome to Cocoon, the podcast for wellness coaches featuring wellness coaches. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Sutherland. Think of Cocoon like a warm, supportive hug that you can listen to because after all, wellness coaches need care too. Welcome to episode nine of Cocoon. And on this episode, we have the amazing Angela Rogers, who is a quantum healer and coach joining us. Welcome, Angela. Hi, Dr. Karen. How are you? You're good, thank you. I'm so excited to have you on the show. And so we always, with our guests, we just want to get them to actually just explain their journey first. So how did you uh, begin and and what is your journey from then to now as a quantum healer and coach? Wow, my journey is really funny because I tell people, you know, when you're a kid and everyone says, you know, did you want to do this as a child? I never had that. You know, there's kids that you ask now, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they go, I want to be a fire engine. I want to be, or a fiber game, not an engine. Um, and then, you know, I met this guy in India and I said, what do you, how did you want to become a pilot? And he said, oh, ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to be a pilot. I never had that experience. I never said I wanted to be a healer or a yoga teacher. And anyway, I had um, been reading Louise Hay since I was 17. That was my first book that I read in this uh, wellness field. And I just loved her work and I remember diagnosing everybody everyone would say I've got a sore elbow and I was like oh this is this the belief and this you got to say this affirmation and this is a probable cause so I just fell in love with the body and how it, our body mechanics work anyway fast forward uh, to 29 years of age I went through a separation I was going through a divorce and my psychologist said to me you need to do meditation and I said oh okay and she goes you talk too fast you don't breathe I said, okay, <laughs> and I, I still talk too fast. And so I, I, I was going through a terrible separation and I said to, I had a healing done by this um, healer many years ago, Ron Urquhart, and he has in, since passed. And I remember coming out of that session thinking, oh, my God, I feel fantastic. I want to do this. And I came home to my husband and I said, hey, Al, I'm going to, um, I've decided what I'm going to do with my life. Um, I'm going to become a healer <laughs> and I'm going to heal the world. And he looked at me and he said, I want a divorce. And I said, all right, cool. <laughs> I said, you know, the washing machine, can I, can we swap it for the barbecue? Like I went into, yep, no worries, I'm out. Because my marriage was already over. My psychologist yeah. was pretty much saying no. Anyway, I was finding a meditation place and a friend said, why don't you try such an under yoga and I said no 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 my psychologist said I need meditation not yoga she said pedal just go just go to one class I went to one class of such an under and I fell in love with mm -hmm. the the class I fell in love with the meditation I became addicted I, I went to five yoga classes and one meditation class I went six times a week like my yeah. life revolved around my classes like people would say we're doing this I go no I've got yoga and so then I moved to Sydney. So I broke up with my husband, moved to Sydney, and I was trying to find a yoga place, such an under in Sydney. And I couldn't find one locally that catered for my five times a week. And I went to another class at the TS bookshop and we had props. And I said, what kind of yoga is this? <laughs> I was like, this isn't right. Like, why are we doing this? And I came home really frustrated and I said to my partner, you know what, babe? I'm going to go to yoga because I'm going to teach. There are no yoga teachers in Sydney. So I didn't even plan to be a yoga teacher. I got to, see, got to Mangrove 
I studied and um, fast forward. Um, oh, no, I met a beautiful girl, Melanie, and she was reading this book. And she said, hey, you would love this book. And it was called Theta Healing. And I heard she was an actor and a, um, a pop star. And uh, she was in a pop group, so she was a singer and pop star. And she said, you love this book. And I heard theatre as in acting. <laughs> and I went, no, I don't think that's for me. So <laughs> that's not for me. So I went on. She went on to sing in Dubai. I went on to... Um, stay in Sydney, finish my yoga studies. And then I caught up with her four years later and I was really, I was broke up with that partner and I was really depressed. And she said, if you had all the money in the world, if money wasn't an issue, what would you do? I said, I'd be a healer. And then she said, you need to go and do this course. And she came up with a book. And I said, Mal, I remember that book. You you were reading it in Mangrove in our first year of training. And she said, yeah, I told you about it. She couldn't remember, actually. And I said, I remember the word theta. She goes, well, it's theta, like T-H-E-T-A. And <laughs> not I said, Yeah, and I thought it was theta. And I'm like, no, that's not me. Even though I'm a drama queen, I can actually. <laughs> so I went and I studied and I saw the teacher and I looked at him and I I thought, oh, my God, and she, if he can do this. I mean, she said to me, he knows the body like you know the body. So I went in and I did his basic and his advanced and I said, I can do this. And I'm a, I was a natural, I was already a yoga teacher. Um, I had already done um, health space as a trivia hostess for two years. So I knew how to manage a crowd. And yeah. I went on to become a theatre healer. And that was my, that is my foundation. That's what got me working with people, how to counsel, how to be, do therapy. And I just got so involved in it. And for the last... Uh, since 2009, I was seeing clients professionally, but I was teaching, yeah, since 2009, and I was teaching yoga since 2008. So that's how I got into it. So thanks to my husband, yep. my ex-husband, um, <laughs> saying I want a divorce. I was like, yep, I'm out of here. I want to, I want the washing machine. You can keep the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I started. And so our next question is all about energy. And so you, you, I've always known you to have a lot of energy, but how do you maintain those energy levels? Like, do you ever have downtimes? And if you do, oh like, how, how do you stay, yeah. stay so energetic? Oh, my God, that's a really beautiful question because everyone thinks that we've got it and we don't. You know, I remember when I started seeing clients professionally. Now, teaching yoga, I wore myself out teaching yoga for the first three years because the yoga places that I was teaching at didn't cater for that the style that we teach. Uh, the style that we teach is is not demonstrative, it's instructional. And it's yeah. all about bringing the body into quietness and peace and preparing the body for meditation. So it's about yeah. settling the mind and the body. The yoga places that I was training at was all about showing the pose and doing the poses with them. So I was teaching eight classes a week. So mm. I was exhausted. So I remember yeah. saying, I can't do this anymore, doing eight classes a week. So I stopped. And then when I started... and seeing clients on a professional basis as a theatre healer, it was it was more engaging because I was listening to their problems one-on-one. -on -one. So the first, I would say the first three years, even the first, yeah, the first two years, I wore myself out and I didn't realise how important it was to be doing the work. So at that time, I didn't take care of my body. I just... Uh, saw clients I was teaching them to be practitioners and I got into a space that I didn't realize that I was going through depression mm, so wow. yeah and because you're you've got to keep your energy levels high uh seeing clients I realized that 
at the end of the day, I was exhausted. Mm. And I realized I'm not taking care of myself. And someone gave me um, a supplement, a, a blue bottle called Body Balance. And I started taking it. And it was only then that I realized how much I was living off my adrenals. And mm. after that, I said, okay, I need to take care of my body. So now... I, the best way to take care of myself is I get the work done. I see someone to vent my issues. I yep. do, I rest a lot. I exercise. Um, even though yoga is fantastic for settling the mind, we still need to move the body. Yes. And I see someone, I have someone that takes care of my, my nervous system. I do network care. So I have to have time out. And, and days off, like I don't work Mondays and Fridays. I don't see clients on a Monday or a Friday. They're my days. So I see yep. them on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And now occasionally I'll see a Saturday. So it's all about putting my needs first. Because I remember when I was dropping into depression, I, I, was all con I was only concerned about their needs. And I realised over the years, if I'm not taking care of me, I'm not that best person for them. So yep. taking care of yeah. me, yeah. Absolutely. It's like putting that oxygen mask on yourself. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the next... Sorry, I just wanted to add to that. And the other thing is, you know, when you're doing the energy work, we got to remember mm. as well that we are the example. So if something shows up in your life and it's not, you know, there's we have challenges too. You know, we, we all have challenges. We're not exempted. <laughs> you know, COVID yeah. was a good experience of that. No one was exempted. It wasn't um, biased in any way. So we need to acknowledge how do we handle that stress? And the mm. way we handle it, we sort of we, that's an experience for us to be able to give our experience to our clients and our students and say, you know, this is how I managed it, try this. And, yeah, um, yeah so we're like, I sometimes feel like we're the, the uh, what's it called, the test out in the universe. How does it, you know, how do you manage it? And then you pass it on. Yeah. yeah. So that's and, I mean, would you really, like, trust someone to treat you and heal you if they just look like they'd never slept for the last three days? <laughs> I know. I know. And I... I've got friends in the industry and I, I'm a big networker, so I'm always recommending my therapist to other, my uh, friends as therapists to my clients. And I have a few of them that I won't recommend them. And they say, why? And I say, because you don't do the work. You yeah. don't take care of you. So I know that you, you're just, you're not doing it from the space of the heart. You're doing it because you need an income. So no. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. important. Yeah. And my next question sort of links with that. So mm. sometimes uh, in your in the wellness space, you might have like a really intense period, like really highly intense in terms of emotion, emotionally and psychologically, or you're dealing, um, you know, healing and working with someone who really takes a lot of, of time and energy and um, and effort, which is you know what you do as a healer. And then after that, though, how how do you recover from that yourself? Like how, yeah. what do you have any sort of um, techniques that you use to make sure that you're okay after such yeah. an intense period? Yeah, you know, I, I was introduced to network care, which is, um, it's called NSA, Network Spinal Analysis. It's, uh, it's by, you have to be a chiropractor to practice this. And so a friend of mine took me to that and, I thought, wow, this is weird. And the best, what I loved about it was that I don't crack your back. It's not about yep. manipulating. It's about your body's um, responding naturally. And so they work on the areas where there is movement in the body. And it's about bringing the spinal cord back into the spine. And it's really working with your nervous system. When I started doing that, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And that's my go-to. Once a week, it's about me. 
one hour with the network chiropractor or maybe 40 minutes and it's about taking care of me two i really rested up so there's those days where um i won't do anything and i'll sit on the couch and i'll do netflix like for two hours or three and it's just that dead space and mm. three reading because as soon as you read it's information and that information goes in the body and then it's like you it's like opening up another awareness and so at that moment everything that you've just done with a client it, it takes it away and you're like oh this is interesting so it takes away all of that pressure that you've taken on board um mm. exercise i exercise yeah. daily that's important walking so i don't walk for my physical health i walk for my mental health yeah i yeah. love walking because as i'm walking i can yeah. listen to podcast or I'm walking and I'm processing. So it's so important to really uh, take time out. One thing that I did for a little while, I was drinking a lot of wine because that was my go-to. It was like at the end yeah. of the day, drink wine, and that creeps up, you know, one glass, two glasses, three glasses. Next thing you know, you're like, there's that much left to the bottle, and you just go, I'll just finish it. And that became yeah. a daily habit, and it was then when I started realising <clears throat> I'm not taking care of me. So now for me it's important that, I honour my boundaries. I always say to students and clients, our boundaries are never broken. We break them. Yes. When we don't honour our boundaries, we give permission for others to not honour them. So if your days yeah. are no working Fridays, you don't work Fridays. Mm. You don't work Mondays, you don't work Mondays. Because the minute yeah. you dishonour that, then whatever happens yeah. after that, it's your responsibility. So yeah. for me, it's so important that I have time out. And even though I'm very vivacious out there and it looks like I'm an extrovert, I'm actually quite an introvert. So as soon as time, you know, like today, Saturday, I'm so excited. I've got one client and then I've got the rest of the afternoon to myself and I'm yeah. going to sit and I've got to finish a book and that's it, you know. And Saturday, I'm not t Sunday, I'm not teaching. So I love my space. And so I do a lot of me, me, me time. Um, yeah. Week, you know, if I go out during the week, it's very rare, mm. you know, it's got to be a really special occasion because I love my sleep and I love my, I get up early every day, you know, and yoga yeah. as well. When I'm in those moments of stress, yoga, meditation, at least even if I do 10 minutes in the morning um, just to start my day, that's it. And if I do, if I'm doing my proper, proper sadhana, I'll do 20. But if yeah. I'm not doing my sadhana, I'll do 10 minutes just in bed. Just process any is day. good, isn't it? Like any is good, even five minutes. Yeah. yeah. And the walking, I think walking is so underrated and there's been so much research to show how beneficial walking is for your, your mind and, and even as a form of exercise. Like it, the, the benefits are just extraordinary compared with other types of exercise. Yeah. So, well, I do strength training and um, my trainer said to me, all you need to do is if you're doing strength training is walk 10,000 steps a day. And I said, yeah. but why wouldn't I do run and cut it? Because you don't need it. It works on your body's composition. So it, it gets everything moving. And he yeah. said, uh, look at look at every animal out there. They don't, you don't see them stretching. They'll do a 30-second stretch. They'll run. They'll rest. But they're always walking. And look at yeah. their bodies. Like, yeah. And I said, you're right. And he said, just walk. It works on your body's composition. It works on the mental capacity. It works on emotionally. And 10,000 steps is about an hour and a half, but you don't have to do it in one go. I do two goes. Like exactly. After yeah. we finish, I'll have lunch and then I'll go for my walk. I've got a yeah. client and then I'll go for another walk. So I'll do two 20-minute yeah. walks. It's 40 minutes. That's plenty. 
Yeah, I even do it like if I'm on the phone now, like I walk on when I'm on the phone rather than just sitting there and just, you know, if I'm waiting for something to cook, I'll just pace around and, you know, just to get some steps in. So, yeah. My friends say to me, where do you find the time to listen to so many podcasts? I'm forever listening to a podcast. And I say, because I'm always, I mean, as a therapist, I've got to hear, I've got information that comes in and when they when a client comes with something with a whatever the issue is, I go, Oh, you know what? I just heard this in a podcast the other day. And they yeah. go, How do you find the time? I said, I walk. There's no way I will sit down and listen to a podcast. I've got time yeah. to sit down and listen to I'm a podcast. Not. And I'm normally working on something else, yeah. so I don't yeah. <laughs> so I walk and listen because I do two walks. That's two podcasts yeah. a day, if yeah. I or one yeah. in split into two segments. Yeah. 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 That's and so I'm going to ask you now that you've been in the industry for a, a number yeah. of years, um, what do you wish you knew when you first began? Like if you could go back in time and give yourself some advice at the beginning of your journey, what would it be? Oh, God, you know, getting out there, it's not like it is now. Now social media gets you out there. I'm still a little bit uh, social media shy. I wish... I had someone helping me out throughout the process. Like I had a, a mentor. So my teacher in Sydney, he uh, helped me in how to manage the classes. He would say, you need to do this, you need to do that. His wife, Teresa, she helped me with the marketing. So she would say, you know, we're going to be advertising in that. Back then it was a um, Novo magazine. There was another one, The Living, the Lifestyle Living Now magazine. There was a magazine and yeah. she would say, we're going to promote, we're going to, Uh, put an advert you want to pay $500 and be in it for this month so that aspect was easy so people had that magazine it was a free magazine no one uh, paid for it but what no one told me was you need to do the work Mm. and when they would say you need to do the work I never understood I thought I I thought I'll go home and I've got a trigger and I'll work on it but when you've got a trigger and you're working on it you're only ever going to see your perspective yeah so I was like, I'm always right because it's my perspective. And my perspective is right to me, but it's not right in the, in the, in the bigger picture. So I wish someone had said to me, you need to go see somebody. Uh, like every psychologist has to bounce off their psycho- another psychologist. It's, it's part yes. of their work. Yeah. They, they can't see clients if they're not, if they're not venting well. Well, wow, yeah, and and they've got and they bounce off. You know, I've got this, I've got this patient, and this is happening, and they'll talk about the patient. Yeah. So, one thing I didn't know, and I didn't do, like I said at the beginning, I never saw someone professionally to work on what was coming up for me. Um, mm. I didn't see someone physically to let go of the stress. I didn't see someone on a uh, like I wasn't doing exercise for myself to release it. So, I always say to, and I see this a lot. We think we know it all. We're in that space when you first become a whatever it is. You can become a uh, whatever field you're in. Once you've got the the title of expertise, you think you're the expert. Now you have a level of expertise, but you don't know it all. And if we if we continue running our programs and running our um, life and seeing patients and teaching with that attitude, oh, I, I know it because I've got the level of expertise and you're not getting someone to bounce off, then you will see the ripple effect of your patients or clients or students drop. And you will see yeah. the type of clients you get in. Oh, I, I, we'll talk about that later. And you sort of think, this is me. 
it's not them. So I say to a lot of my um, students, you have to see somebody. You've got to, you've got to have a, you know, I have a coach that I work with once a week. Yeah. I have yeah. a physical therapist that I work with for my body. I do physical training. I have um, therapist friends that we do swaps with uh, once a week, once a fortnight. I have a yeah. psychologist I see every five to six weeks. And I love seeing him because he, he can't tell me what to do. <laughs> he can only listen. Yeah, so yeah. I say, Jim, this happened and that happened. He can only ask me questions. And then he goes, have you thought of this? And I go, I don't want to talk about that. And he goes, no, we'll go there again. And I'm like, all right, let's go there. And I love him. He's a homeopath as well. So he yeah. helps me with my constitution. And when I drop, I, I tell him I'm dropping. And he said, get back on your Natfos and your Tuja. Get back on it. I'm back on track. So um, anyone... I train a lot of practitioners and I say to them, you've got to find someone to work with. You know, at the beginning yeah. you think you don't need it and you'll see down the track. And when your clients stop coming to see you, that's because you're not doing the work because yeah. you don't have the capacity to, to hold yeah. that space, you know. Yeah. So that's that means it's fun. time to go. Yeah. So definitely yeah. get someone on board to work with you, even if it's once a month. Yeah. Just you just got to have someone to say, you know, to, to release it and to settle your nervous system, whatever process, you know, it could be kinesiology, it could be um, Bowen therapy, it could be a uh, chiropractor. It doesn't matter. Just have someone that you can work on a physical level, someone that can work on your emotional level and someone that can work on your spiritual and mental level. Um, I, I always say we've got four bodies, the mental, emotional, or you know this, physical and spiritual. And we, there's one aspect of those four bodies that you manage well and you and, and you run well with. So mine's the spiritual and the mental. But my physical and emotional body, oh, my God. Like <laughs> the poor partner that has to deal with me when I'm not emotionally well. So, <laughs> I, so they're the two areas. Strengthen the, those areas that are weak. And then yeah. you're, you can, you're balanced. But when you've got one weak body and, or, and one strong body, then you're out of balance. And so... How do you manage that? How how can you be working with for anybody, even you be a, with your family if you're not balanced? And we see yeah. that how our family of responds. Absolutely. <laughs> <That's laughs> <right>. Yeah. <laughs> so I. <laughs> yeah. So what about yeah. you? Do you how do you manage the now that because you, you do so much? Well, I I need my Saturday in the morning. Like I just yeah. I really need it, and I need to get to sleep early at night. I wake up super early, so I can do it. I have to do it in the morning, otherwise it doesn't happen. Um, so I mean, I get up and I make chai, and then I um, do yoga, and I've got I do weights here. I do weight training here, and then and walk, and they're they're my my main things. And meditation yeah. on the weekends, I go down to the beach and do my chanting and meditation and then I take photos and um, have a swim and that's just, yeah, I love my I love my weekends where I can do that. Oh, beautiful. Um, but, yeah, and then just sometimes, you know, I might do the odd yoga nidra during the day if I, you know, <laughs> and, and I talk to friends and family as well throughout the day. Otherwise, I yeah, I could just be so stuck at the computer. I have to make, my, make sure I get away from the computer sometimes yeah. because yeah. this is so consuming. Um, but yeah, but I, it's my sadhana. Like I need that, and and I teach yoga as well. So um, I find actually teaching yoga helps me more than my students <laughs> because because yeah. like I find like because I have to stop what I'm doing and and create this space. I teach some ladies in my lounge room, and so um, like and it's always on on a working day, and I have to then stop 
get away from the computer. I have to go and sort of vacuum the lounge room and, and organize the space. And that almost organizes the space in, in for me spiritually and emotionally yeah. as well. And then, I, and then teaching, I can't be stressed or thinking about social media or work when I'm teaching yoga. I have to be right there. And um, and so I, I find that is actually great therapy because being able yeah. to do that twice a week because yeah. and, and I and even when I feel like I can't fit it in I make and if someone asks me to teach yoga I always say yes because I think clearly that the universe is telling me you need to get away and do this now <laughs> so um, and so yeah so I, I find that so helpful so that's yeah. really yeah it's really what I do make sure I eat well and um, sometimes I need to rest like this week has been crazy for me in terms of work but um, I slept the other morning and just I didn't have any classes or meetings. I'd work, I taught uni till you know late into the evening, and um, so I just let myself rest. And um, I feel so much better. Like I, I had, I was like, oh my my god, I feel like a different person yeah. just getting eight hours of sleep. So sleep yeah. is so important. Sometimes I forget that. Yeah. So. And I love that you said when people ask you to teach, I say yes because I, I don't teach yoga anymore. In, in the like public, it's only because of the space. I'd rather, well, now I don't want to lug any, no. um, you know, yoga mats anymore. I did all that. No, um, no. But I, but when I go to the ashram and they, I do it for yeah. me. I say, I, yeah. I volunteer for me because it's that moment of I prepare my classes, I'm thinking about how am I going to make this flow. I said it brings me back and it reminds me of why I started yes. this world. Why did I get into the wellness industry? Yoga is what, yoga meditation is what, got me settled and got me out of the funk that I was in at that moment yeah. when I was going through a divorce and it got me to the next level of becoming a healer and it got me to the next level of becoming a coach so I do do meditation um once a week I teach that at my home so coming back to the yoga is one way of me going you know and I feel the universe says remember why you're doing this and they send me yeah. off to the ashram for three days yeah. Yeah, I, remember. So I remember why I'm doing this and if I don't go I know that I'm, I start getting a little bit funny. So yes. I love that you said that. I, yes, I say yeah. this too when I go to the ashram. Can you teach? I go, yep, what classes? I'm ready. Yeah. Honestly, like learning, like because I was I was practising, doing my own sadhana for, for years. But, yeah, like learning was such a gift and it's more like it's just it's, it's, you like the messenger. Like I'm not, it's not me. It's I'm just sharing what was taught to me. So yeah. um, and just that you see on people who do come in and like I, I'm not super stressed but I'm running around beforehand and then in that space I'm calm then they start to become calm and then they float out the door after yeah. and, and then you walk um, out and they go god I'm glad I said yes yeah it's just <laughs> yeah. It just feels completely different. so it's just magical I, I really love it yeah. and I was going to say too because about what you said about doing the work um I remember Swami Narajan said, beware of the yoga teacher who doesn't have their own practice. Like, <laughs> so, yes, if you're, you're teaching, you're not really, um, it helps you, but it's not your own sadhana. Yeah, so, um, just, yeah, you just yeah, need to do that, that work. Yeah, yeah, love it. Now, you've also mentioned social media. And so now it's really changed, isn't it, like with the wellness space where you, particularly during COVID, I think it really amplified the fact that the yoga teachers and people in the wellness space just had to shift online. They were online before, but in a much bigger way. They developed courses, they did um, live coaching, all that sort of stuff because people couldn't actually physically go to them in person. And so now that social media plays such a big part in sort of building your community around what you do and um, promoting what you do to new people, 
how do you uh, navigate social media in a way that still maintains your own wellness? Because trust me, I know it can really, it can become quite addictive. And so how do you manage that? Like what's your approach to social media? You know, I was in, I've been in social media when it started. I was in NetSpace. <laughs> NetSpace? Oh, yeah. Space, NetSpace, um, NetSpace. MySpace. MySpace. My- <laughs> and back then it was all about um emoji there weren't emojis then they had avatars and songs and you know, a lot of things. yes and then facebook came out and i didn't know how to navigate facebook i, I didn't get it i thought why do we have this facebook like but then, <laughs> i didn't understand it and then when um it became a, a platform for advertising so yes um, now for me, I only, and it's really funny I say this, I, I use it as a form of getting my message across. I used to be one of those that would grab um, quotes from Tiny Buddha, for example, and put it up as a picture. And then I'd quote yeah. my my understanding of the quote and, you know, I'd get 20, 30 likes or whatever. And what I realised over the years is that people actually want to know about you. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, they don't care about what you're offering. They just want to know you. I'll put a picture yeah. of me, and I'll get 150 likes. Yeah. And I mean, wow, you really care? Like <laughs> a stupid picture. And I'll put a quote about, you know, um, uh, maybe about love and how you know what it means, and 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 I'll put my and I'll get 10 likes, and then I'll put a picture. Yeah, of, okay. yeah. <laughs> or I'll put a picture of my class, and I'll get. And then people want to know where where are you? You know, I didn't know you do this. And I am quite private when it comes to social media. And I yeah. say I'm private in the sense that I wish I could be out there like the 30-year-olds. And they put everything out there. They're, they're, on, they're, on, they're there. They're there. you know, sometimes. <laughs> and I have friends and therapists that go, it's just, this is their wording. It's the age group, Ange. What is, you know, they, you're calling me an old fart. Um, so... <laughs> So I put my message across. Occasionally I'll put a little bit of me. But one thing I have noticed is I don't sit there and scroll. So I'll put a mm. post in the morning. Like the back in the day, putting a post between 7 and 9 a.m. worked because everyone was going to work. Yeah. Now everyone's working from home. So they're not mm. looking at social media until 10, 11 when they're having a break from one hour of working at home. Because now they go up, they exercise, they do, they're out there and they come back into their home office and then at 11 o'clock they'll grab a cup of tea or coffee or have a break and then they'll look at social media. So now you post between 11 and 12 or 1 when they're having a lunch break. So people think, oh, but you're always on social media. I go, no, I'll put a post up and that's it. I'll probably come back in the evening and maybe at night and I'll, I'll scroll 15 minutes and I'll tell you what I do scroll. I scroll funny things like people's misfortunes i kill myself laughing when you know you watch those uh reels of people falling over or, or yeah, that yeah. kills me and that sets me for bed i go to bed laughing and i go all right i've done enough so i'm not a big social media person um, and yep. it looks like i am because i posted maybe now i'm not posting as much as i used to because i am really busy and so that mm. means that that takes priority and I miss yes. a lot of birthdays. And, you know, the only way I remember people's birthdays is because Facebook tells me. <laughs> Otherwise. Sorry. And then I go on it and I see someone post, thanks, everyone, for your warm wishes. I go, oh, shit. I know. I'm like, I always put happy belated birthdays. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I'm not a big, um, I, you know, I. however, I do, I, however, I do follow a lot of people. 
and I love a lot of people's content. And so when I come across people that are very old school that say, no, I don't do social media, I say to them, you should. Even Instagram is the best one, even though there's mm. a lot of adverts now, but you follow the people you like and watch their yeah. content. So yeah. follow Tony Robbins, you know, Mal Robbins, follow the holistic psychologist, follow people that um, you admire and watch their content. Even if it's a two-minute reel, I said, because there's a lot of information out there and you need new information. If we don't create new information, we're not creating new, new synaptic connections and that means we're going to stay stuck in the old ways. <laughs> so, you know, the only way to create new um, neural pathways is with new information and, and yeah. new habits. So, yeah, and I like, social, like, yeah. like time limits as well. Like I, I'm a big believer of not just sitting there scrolling but actually having a purpose for why yeah. you're using it and then using the stuff that you learn in your offline life. So, yeah. like find a great recipe and go and cook it or yeah. find a great place to go and visit or, you know, just go and see something you could actually make offline and then go and do it. So yeah. actually use it as a tool to learn and, and, yeah. and do off it. So. And I, recently I discovered something which I didn't know worked and I actually thought, shit, this actually works. So what had happened was I, I put my adverts of a class in Facebook but and I don't even invite people anymore because how many invites do we get on Facebook? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So I just put it up just as and I put it up maybe on my story, on my feed saying I'm running access bars this week, uh, whatever. And I had a few people coming to my, you know, register and I always ask them, how did you hear about me? Well, how did you know about the class? And they said, oh, it popped up in my Facebook. And I went, oh, it works. So it pops up in their feed. They, yeah. And not, they're not my friends. I've never met them. But yeah. it popped because they've got likes. The algorithm sends it to them and says, you might be interested mm -hmm. in this. And, and I thought, wow, I'm going to continue this. So I continue putting up my ad adverts of my, uh, I don't pay for them. They're just the events. Yeah. Because it oh, does yeah. come up in your, in your feed. Yeah. I don't scroll yeah. enough for a lot of to come up, but people scroll. So for yeah. me now, social media is more about reminding people that I am doing the work. Because if I don't put on social media a thing, you won't see anything at all. Mm. And occasionally I, I do like to post a photo every so often. And that's when I realise how many people are nosy, want to know what you're doing. And straight after that, <laughs> put an ad, put a post of what you yeah. want to really share because the algorithm yeah. is already high. It means that all those people that saw me will get that next feed. Yeah, yeah. I've worked all that out. And the thing is, too, so with the events, if someone that they know has interacted with it, then they'll you're just showing it to say such and such is interested in this event and, the, and then it sort of pops up that way. I had a, so, a client who's yeah. become a friend now show, show up at a – I went to a sound bar and she came up and I go, hello, what are you doing here? What a surprise. And she said, oh, Facebook said that you were coming, so I came. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a bit creepy, like, isn't it? <laughs> Lucky your friends, lucky <laughs> my friends, and I said I'm so glad. So now I, I put it so in case anyone wants to join me, I'm I'm going to this sound bath. So it, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it is beneficial, but I'm not a big social media person. Yeah, yeah, and it, and I think too, you have to like people ask me, do I need to be on it, and for my business, and it's like it depends if the if we want to connect with her on it. So if you're and for a business, I think sometimes if you don't mm. have the the means to meet the demand it's like a tap so if you don't have any clients then do it you know to try and get attention but if you've got enough clients then be careful because if you keep posting and you might 
you have to turn people away or put them on a waiting list and sometimes that doesn't that works the opposite way you know yeah. so it's about yeah. sort of looking at it in re- relation to what you want to achieve yeah. on it um, now we're into what we're nearly into april of 2023 <laughs> so what have what are your key goals for this year and and how are you on track to meet them have you made any um, goals this year you know, it's funny you say that, and I'm glad that you're saying it straight after this, because one of the goals that I have for 2023 is to get on social media. Yeah, good. <laughs> so I've got a tripod. Where are you? Here we are. Yeah. So I've got a tripod. It's still on the chair because I was trying to put my iPad and it didn't work and it's not wide enough, so I've got an iPad Pro. And then I've got my lighting, so I bought lighting. It's I've just oh, taken out of the box. Yeah. So um, my intention for 2023, and I know, thanks for reminding me we're in April and I haven't done it, is to get my content online. So I've come yep. to a space where I love people. I love the interaction. And, you know, everyone says to me, you cannot stop doing face-to-face because it's your energy that people come for. I said, I oh, know, yep. but I haven't, got the, I, I haven't got the capacity and the patience anymore to be teaching the babies anymore. I need professionals because they're at yep. that level and I can advance them. So I, I said this workshop that I'm teaching, I was, say, for example, my basic beliefs workshop and energetic work, I sit there and, and I just I say, I haven't got the patience for this. I can't, I can't train babies to understand that level. But if you give me a professional and they're saying, hey, I want to know what's going on here and what happens here. And I go, okay, this is what's going on. And then we can have this big conversation. So 2023 is bringing all my basic work online at, an, yeah, at, at a price that everyone can afford it. And it will yeah. just be broken down into two or three segments. So one will be like beliefs, how to change beliefs and what are your beliefs and how they're working for you, how they're actually beneficial and detrimental. Because a good or positive belief can actually be detrimental to you because you you don't explore anything else but that so I show them and how to change them and and what feelings and emotions and then I'll do one on manifesting because I love manifesting yes but I see I I I want to give them the how-tos and the little toolbox and then from there if they want to explore a little bit for themselves then come and see me yeah Uh, so that's my aim so 2023 yeah yeah, and we had this discussion in the new year with you and and you yeah. got me all excited. And then I, I said to a friend of mine, when I decided I'm definitely doing this in 2023, and I said, I've got to get myself out there now. I'm enough of hiding behind my clients and my students because I, I protect my clients and students a lot. And so I, um, after the conversation with you in the new year, I said, okay, I'm going to get out there. And I put my hand in my heart. I'll do this. I'll go through all that fear stuff. And a, a friend, uh, a coach that I worked with earlier this year said, would well, you mind if I do a podcast on you? And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, let's do this. And then um, yeah. and then I, I decided, uh, yeah, I'm going to do this. And I just, I, a friend of mine invited me her, to a house for dinner and her husband does a lot of um, social media and a lot of um, YouTube and he, he, he does a lot of technology. And so I went to dinner to the house and I said, John, I've decided to go online. He goes, great. And he just he just grabbed me and he did the lighting. Let's work out what lighting you need. Let's work out what you need. And I and he tested and he said, you're a natural on camera. I said, no, I'm a natural presenter. I'm, that I can do naturally. I said, I'm just yeah. a little bit shy to get on social media and present. He goes, no, you're going to be amazing. What you And he just gave me everything that you said to me, like get your content out there and then just put snippets so that people go back yeah. to find it. And I said, oh, I'm going to work with someone this year. I've just got to get out there. So he told me what to buy. 
So I've yep. bought it all. And then you said, hey, let's interview you. And I went, oh, this is <laughs> So I feel like yeah. I'm training wheels at the moment. So yeah. um, that's that's my aim. So I said to everyone, oh, this Karen's going to interview me and I know, I know I'm going to work with her. I know I've already got it. It's, it was already created in January, the 1st yep. of January, because we were having that conversation. Yeah. Over the new year, I said, yeah, yeah. I've just, yeah, I said, so I know that this is all happening to for me to break open a bit. So that's my goal. Excellent. Well, well, you made a great start and it's a, it's a, such a good idea to do that, to put your content online and then you can, it means that too, you can just point people to that as well when, yeah. as like an introduction. So yeah, yeah that's, that's great. And we've got one last question in my list of questions for the show and this was, we sort of touched on it a little bit, but often what happens and you even said with you when you first started into the wellness space that you nearly burnt yourself out because you were just doing too much and not taking care of yourself so what advice would you give to people just starting out uh, in the industry to avoid burnout all right before I answer that question one of the questions I really wanted to answer that you wrote and I had a look and I said oh she hasn't asked me that question was about the breakthrough and the transformation of someone oh yes we jumped on yes please let's please go back so I'm sorry oh yes no I skipped it so and and that wasn't intentional either so my question about the transformation was can you share without you know maintaining confidentiality one of the um, most interesting or inspirational breakthroughs that you've had with one of your clients yeah I share this story up until now because it is, uh, I'd say it's the most phenomenal story. And so I've got these clients that have been with me for, I reckon they've been with me for 12 years. Like I'm now seeing their children. Yeah, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> and it started off with seeing the, the parents and then them and now their children. And so it's great because I know, I know all the patterns. <laughs> it's really yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember this, yeah, I remember this particular client out come to see me and we had a session and he was doing my coaching program and we're at level six and level stage six was about procrastination and power. So where are you in perfectionism or procrastination and where's your power? And he came in and my session with him was supposed to be at five and he texted me at quarter past four and he said, is there any chance I can see you now? And I was going to dinner at six, meeting a friend at 6.30. So I said, sure, come over now. So I texted my friend. I said, listen, we can make dinner at, at six now because my client's coming earlier. Anyway, he came down, he sat down. And he was going on and on and on about this particular client that had this money ransom. And he was saying, she's got my money ransom. It's $180,000 and you don't. And I'm no like, you've got to let it go because, you know, you're holding that. And I was trying to work out, is he being, is it prejudice? Is it what's going on? Like, and I'm trying to get that information and trying to get that information to get clear for me to tell him. And I'm writing words and I go, no, that's not what it is. That's not what it is. And then I finally wrote ransom. He's holding the money ransom. Because he kept saying, she's holding my money ransom. And I will just call him um, Peter. I said, Peter, stop. You, We've got to stop. You have to let it go. You, you've got to trust the process. He goes, you don't understand. What, I have to pay my, my clients 180000 She's holding my money ransom. And I said, Peter, I promise you. Now, look at what I said, Karen. I said, I promise you, you let, me do, let me do my work. I'm... I don't know about your business, but I know energy very well. And right now you're holding that money ransom. Let it go. Yeah. You don't understand. I've got it. And I said, Peter, please let me do my job. 
let, let's just let this go. I'll, let me do a quick process on you to release it. And I promise you that money will be in your bank account tomorrow. It was a Thursday night. He goes, there's no way that money will be in my bank account tomorrow. <laughs> because even if you put it in tonight or what, in tomorrow, it'll be there on Monday. I said, I promise you that money will be in your account. But you've got to let me do my work. And he looked at me and he goes, I'm being a pain in the ass, aren't I? And I go, you are. Please. <laughs> All right, and I looked at the time and I go, so much for me going to dinner early. It was now 10 to 5. It was like 5 minutes oh. to 5. And I'm like, yeah. I said, I have to go to the toilet. So I went to the toilet, came back, and he's sitting there with his phone, and he's like this on his phone. And I said, What's, is everything all right? And he goes, I go, what? And he goes, the money's in my account. It just went <laughs> in. I go, I told you. I speeding a 1,000 miles. And he goes, how does that work? I said, and I say this to everyone, this is why I'm a quantum healer, because it happens in, in that moment. It's that energy in that moment and that reality yeah. is your reality. So her not paying that 180000 that was sitting in the ether, the minute he decided to drop it and say, okay, yeah. do what you need to do to, for, for me to let, I said, he, I, I said to everyone, it was like at that moment he was holding on to that money. The money was always going to come in, but it was only going to come in when you drop it. The minute yeah. he dropped it, it landed into his bank account. Yeah. Like it's not, does that make sense? I mean, try, yeah. to, oh, try yeah. to work out yeah. the quantum physics of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like when you, you're trying to think of something and you think trying to think so hard you can't do it and then you just stop and then it comes to you. And it comes. Like it's, yeah. so, so he had a, one of his work, one of his employees um, see me as well. And so he the next week his employee came and he goes, what happened? Everyone is still talking about what happened. Like that lady, we thought we'd lost it. And I said, I, till this day, I still shake about it because I think, God, that was it. And to, and to promise him that money will be in his bank account, yeah, that's that you don't do that as a, as a therapist. Oh, no. Well, clearly, it was something was coming through you. No, yeah, I said to my pro, I just because he kept using the word ransom. I said, He's holding it, ransom, it's him. That money's going to come in. He's just got to let it go. And it happened, you know. Yeah. And another yeah. a beautiful girl, she does uh, wedding planning and, and she came to me. She said, I, I, I charge 500 and I want to charge 750 And I said, okay, let's work on your fees around 750 So I do this process where I get them to go into the amount that they want to work with or whatever it is, you know, whatever fee they have. And until they break, until they get to that point where they, I'm, their body now goes, I don't want to go there. And I go, okay, now let's find what's going on in there. And we got to say 900 and she, she was um, 750. She was, yeah, this is nerve, you know, nerve wracking. And then we got to 900 and she felt comfortable. And we got to 990. And she goes, yeah. And then I said, okay, let's do 1,010. That's only $20. Mm. And she started bursting into tears. And I said, right, let's go where that is. What happened? Why, you know? And then she told me, oh, it's, you know, people think I'm a fake, I'm a fraud if I charge this much, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, let's stick to 990 until you get over that hurdle. Now she went from five, she was charging 550 and yeah. she wanted to go to 990. Anyway, six weeks later, she sent me her PayPal receipt of a client paying her $990 in six weeks. <laughs> yeah. And I said, you did yeah. it. We can do 1,010 yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Those, that's what it, it, it keeps me going when I see those results in people. Yes. And all you're yeah. doing is just working with their. Fear. They were there and I'm not doing anything. I say to people, yeah. I'm not really the healer here. I'm just the one that has that that opens that space, holds it for you to safely move into that next level. 
Yeah. That's my job. Yes. They're great right, stories. Next question. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, the, the final, final question was around how would you guide new people working in the space yes. to avoid burnout? Because I know what can happen. Like, and you sort of said similarly, you were like teaching everywhere, you're trying to heal the world, you're yeah. trying to help everyone because you've got these skills now. And then it can often actually lead to you needing healing yourself. So yeah. what advice would you give to avoid that from happening? Um, I, I'm doing a lot. I do a lot of coaching and I'm coaching a lady at the moment that does apraxia. She's uh, one of the leaders in Australia. And uh, the first thing I say to them is you've got to be clear on your working days and your days off. Do not budge on those. You know, okay, like I, my Fridays is not a working day, but all my Saturdays is generally not a working day anymore. But if you're a regular client and I can't see you that week and they need to see me, Saturdays I open up for them. I don't see yeah. new clients on a Saturday. You know, it's not, it's not, it's my day. So one, yeah. what are your working days and what are your working hours? Stick to that. Because if you honour those boundaries, then you're honouring you. What are your days mm -hmm. off and stick to that? make that plan two you have to have a goal and i don't say a goal for the year or goal for the month you have to have your schedule so clear for the next day or for the next week or for the next month so clear especially when you're working with clients because you need to cater in friends and family and your social events yes. so every night or every at the beginning of the week okay where am i here in my calendar where is my time where is my therapy oh actually skip that for a minute Three, like scheduling, you need the work done. You need to see somebody. It has to be, whether it's a physical therapist, whether it's a mental therapist, emotional therapist, you've got to see someone at least once a fortnight because your energy, you've only got so much energy. And when we're holding the space for clients and students, our energy drops. We need to get that energy mm. back. We need someone to hold the space for us. Yeah. If we don't have someone holding the space for us, then when we come, when we're doing our work, then we're not at 100%. And I say, when you're doing the work, uh, two things happen. When you're doing the work as in having someone work on you, and when you're doing the work meaning advancing, that's another thing. As therapists and teachers and facilitators, we need to advance ourselves. So we need to continue to do the work, meaning we need to go do sycnosiums. Is that how you say it? Yeah, we need to read and we need to learn from what's out there now because we're in an era right now where things are moving so fast. We're not doing the mm. why is this happening to me. Now it's about, hey, this is happening to me. How do I get out of this? Show me the, yeah. show me the path. So you need to advance in your skill sets because if you don't do the work advancing your skill sets and you're not doing the work of people working with you you will attract that as your clients mm. and you sit there going oh they're not listening to me they're not doing the work and then you gotta go where am i not doing the work yeah right two if i have not at that level then i'm going to get the same type of clients the same stories and i sit there mm. going oh this is me that's not them because the minute that <laughs> i learn something new i have these clients that when they book in Every sometimes I've got this client in New Zealand. Whenever she books in, I know I'm at another level because that means that she's at another level for me to work at that level. Yeah. So I always say yeah. to her, I love it when you book in, even if it's once every six months, because I know that whatever I've learned, she's going to be my practice. Yeah. So when you get when you work on yourself seeing somebody and when you work on yourself 
progressing with information, your clientele comes at that level. Mm. And so then all yeah. the ones, those ones drop off and all of a sudden you've got this new level of clientele. And, and I get excited because I think, oh, great, we're going to work on this. And so then yeah. all of a sudden the next week everyone's booking in with the same theory. Like when I um, uh, mastered working with alcohol, for the next month, all I got was people with alcohol addictions. And I went, oh, I've got this. And so then, <laughs> yeah, does that make sense? So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's for your benefit. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck with the trauma of the same uh, type of clients. And I don't do trauma anymore. Not, there's a lot of trauma therapists out there. Mm. And I say to them, oh, well, I don't attract them anymore. I used yeah. to attract them. I don't attract them anymore because... I'm beyond the why did this happen to me. I'm like, where are you? Where do you want to go? Okay, let's go there. So yep. get, get get the work done on you and and uh, progressing your skill sets, you oh. know, new information. Yeah, that's great advice throughout the whole thing. So thank you very much. And do you have any final, final words of wisdom to share before we wrap up? Uh, final words of wisdom to share. You know, I recently had someone say to me, that they don't do the work. They did that in their 20s. They don't. Oh. Uh... <laughs> okay. Right. And when I saw that, I went, wow, God, I wish I was there. Like, I'd be levitating if that were me. And, <laughs> yeah, and, I, and it triggered me. Of course it was, it was triggering me. And I just went, and I sat there, and I, you know, I went for a walk. I thought about it. I did the work. I said, what really triggered me here? In the end, I said, you know what, Ange? How old are you? You're 50. You're the friend, your friend's in her 30s. The one in between is in her 40s. How were you in your 30s? Go back to, you know, and I went back, how was I in my 30s? Oh, my God, I knew it all. I, <laughs> yeah. I knew it all. Like, I knew what you needed to do. I knew, like, I would give you a step-by-step process on life. I had the, I had the manual of life. <laughs> the minute that that awareness came in, I went... Oh, you can let it go now. It's not like <laughs> you're in your 30s. Of course you don't need to do any self-development. You don't need to do it. You come it all down pat. I want to see you at 40, 42. Yeah, yeah. 40, when the real challenges come in and you yeah, look at life yeah. and go, how am I gonna how am I gonna do this one? What awareness, knowledge, wisdom do I have to, to deal with this? That with the minute that that all sort of opened up. I went, I'm the wisest now in my 50s yeah, than right, I yeah. ever was yeah. because yeah. knowledge, information is fantastic, but if you don't apply that information, it's wasted information. Yeah. Dr. Joe says yeah. information is just information, it's knowledge, but knowledge applied is wisdom. Yeah. And if you don't have that information, you don't have the knowledge to apply when those challenges come in. Then you'll never have the wisdom. You'll only have the wisdom based at where your knowledge and awareness is. is. So if you're not putting yeah. in new information, you're going to process everything the old way that you have dealt with in the past. And there's yeah. amazing new ways to deal with now, you know. Self-awareness, know thyself, is the key now. It's not the process anymore. It's how much do I know me and what awareness do I have about this and how much of this pattern is still in me that I need to change. So wisdom... Um, we don't know it all. And whilst we still have blood going through our veins and we're in a physical body, we don't know it all. We're Absolutely. Still, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you have the same reaction as me. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, thank you so much. It's been a really great episode. And uh, thanks to everyone for watching. And we'll see you back for episode uh, 10 in next month. I haven't got the guests lined up yet, but I'll let you know. So thanks, everyone. <laughs> thank you for listening to Cocoon. Join us next month when we hear more from wellness coaches on how to stay well in a profession of constant giving. After all, wellness coaches need care too. Thanks and see you next time.